All right, partner. Let's do this shit. Have some fun. Let's talk a lot of shit. <laughs> I do that all day. Um, yeah. What the fuck is up, Gridiron Nation? If you watch the Sticky Podcast, I can now refer to you as my jiggas. What is up? If you love football, you know that this has been the hottest, fastest growing football podcast in the world. I, I feel pretty confident in saying that. 2,000 subscribers. Thanks to all you guys doing what you do out there, sharing the content. And really just buying into the whole platform that we have here where we just talk our shit, all right? I'm your host, George Carmona, and today I have a podcast newbie. Alex, say what's up. What's going on, uh, Gridiron Junkies Nation? Yeah. Happy to be here. Excited. Yeah, man. So have you ever wanted to do a podcast? Because when I saw you the first time, you were very animated <laughs> at John. I was like, oh, shit. No, this dude's definitely been on camera before. So have you wanted to do this? Uh, you know, it's something actually John's been trying to get me to do for a long time. I'm a, I'm a landlord who has a lot of interesting landlord stories, you know, guns being pulled on me and tenants beating each other with canes. Holy and, fuck. Yeah. And J John thinks they're hilarious. And he's tried to convince me to either write a, a sitcom or do some podcasts. <laughs> and uh, that would be a great sitcom, actually. I know, but I feel like if I actually told the true story, I'd get myself in a lot of trouble, you know? <laughs> okay, so without using names, like, let's let's just go over this. Have you seen somebody, like, get beaten the fuck up? Oh, that was last week. I have a property down in Alabama, and I have uh, two tenants. Uh, one's a, a woman in her 50s, and another one is a guy in his 40, a guy about 45, but he's completely blind. Oh my God. So one of my workers calls me up last week. He goes, you're not going to fucking believe this. And I said, I've been doing this so long. There's little that I won't believe. Right. And he goes, turn the cameras on to the property because I have remote cameras. And I'm watching this woman went after the blind guy and the blind guy to defend himself started beating her with his walking stick. <laughs> so I'm watching a 50 something year old woman with a blind guy wailing on each other. And she's trying to say it's his fault. And when I'm watching you on the camera, the cops get there and literally the cops said to me, what the fuck do you have going on here? Um, yeah. So that's that's just a normal day. In can my you life. can you like like call like not call in, but do you have like a speaker that you can like remote like, in? On yeah. This remote you know, what's funny. Actually, in retrospect, I actually I use the blink camera system and uh, you can talk. You should do that. To them. But you should wait till you have two blind guys fighting and go, hey, he got a knife. Marco Polo. Marco. <laughs> You're getting closer, warmer, hotter, colder. Um, Bro. You know, then a couple of years ago, I walked in on uh, these. This property was vacant and I went to show it and I, I heard noises in the upstairs bedroom. And I walk in and there's these two crackheads. And this guy's just railing on this other crackhead chick. Uh, like railing, like fucking? Fucking this? her brains out. <laughs> and, you know, at one point I'm going, well, I might as well let him finish before I kick him out, you know? Oh, kind guy. Well, you know, I mean, I figure the life's hard enough. Might as well let the guy get a little something, something if yeah, I can. Yeah, yeah, get his rocks off, literally. Yeah, I had to dis disinfect the property anyway, so I might as well give him a few more minutes. Oh, my God. Goodness. That's the landlord we want in our world. Wow. So being a landlord is everything they say it is, right? Like Everything I mean, they say it is and more. You're flowing in cash. So like what the fuck else? Well, I, like I tell everybody, every job's got its fucking problems. Right. I get to deal with mine while I'm hanging out doing things like this or on a beach. Facts. You know, hanging out with friends or, you know, other people. So 
I can't really complain. Every job's got to be miserable. True. You know, true. Accountants have tax season. Referees have to referee these NFL games. And I don't know if I actually call them doing a job anymore with what they're fucking calling nowadays. I mean, this is. I mean, they're they're getting their hands like cuffed right now because there's safety protocols. Okay. Do you not remember? Tua was like, listen, Tua. I mean, I do we not want our quarterbacks to be safe? We definitely want them to be safe, but I mean, you know, that's more on the protocol side of it with the, you know, letting them back in the game. But these penalties they're calling, you know, you got a 300-pound lineman sacking a quarterback. He's not thinking, okay, let me land a little bit to my left, a little bit to my right. These guys aren't exactly the most agile, you know. No, they're fat. It's like trying to move the Titanic on a dime. It didn't work out too well for them, you know, with regards (laughs) to the iceberg. Um, You can't really turn at the last minute, you know. but, yeah, so the rest are just trying out there. But I, I definitely think they, they don't know what they're calling at this no, point. No, yeah, they don't know what they're calling. And that's why I'm saying they're being handcuffed because, hey, accidents fucking happen, people, okay? Tua, any other quarterback, Aaron Rodgers getting slammed down like four or five years ago, separating his shoulder. Accidents fucking happen. But we cannot be just this overly cautious society when it's the dangerous fucking sport alive. I think what people don't talk about with this is obviously it's protecting the quarterbacks, but I think it's also the NFL protecting themselves. Like you watch last night's game, offense disappeared. You have a multi-million dollar quarterback go down and his backup's in there and this is supposed to be a nationally broadcast game. It turned into a shit show to watch and no one wants to watch it. Right. So would you rather watch, you know, Tom Brady play or Blake, Bo- well, you know, who's retired now, but I'm saying these backups. So the NFL is trying to make sure that their star players stay on the field right. too. Right. Mm. I mean, there's a beauty in it, though, that you are holding up people, right? Like, sometimes these lifers, I mean, to say that Tom, like, Tom Brady's one of those exceptions, but there are quarterbacks, Matt Ryan, uh, <laughs> that are, like, old as fuck and that need to move on, bro. And Tom Brady. Philip Rivers last year, huh? What? Drew Brees? <laughs> and I'm a Saints fan. He stayed too fucking long. So part of me is, like, and, I mean, Tom Brady's, like, made it through the cracks, right? Now, if they didn't make these rules and uh, Garrett fucking gets to tee off on Brady, that might be Brady's last play in that the is NFL. True. Yeah. I'm, and I'm surprised it doesn't happen, or like, sooner to a guy like that because it really just takes your fucking left tackle slipping once and that guy coming behind you and ending your life. I mean, I know what I feel like at my age right now, and it hurts in the morning. I can only imagine what you know Tom Brady feels Oof. like after a Sunday. Yeah, you know? I yeah. mean, it's you're right, and that's not how the NFL wants to see these guys go out. You know, imagine Brady just going out in Week Six, cute. You know, second quarter, six minutes left on third and eight, and that's you know that's that's it. Right, but there is a part of me still though that is like you watch those highlights from the early 2000s and 1990s, and that's fun football. Like, that was the pinnacle of football, you know, with the, even with the running backs and, you know, guys made, you know, Barry Sanders and Emmett Smith, they made guys pay to hit them, you know, and now you can't touch these guys. You know, you go, we were talking about it earlier, you go across the middle and it becomes flag football at that point. Oh, it's bad. You know, I used to love watching a, a receipt and I appreciated and respected a receiver that had the balls to go over the middle right. with no fear. Or let's just talk about how the good play is a quarterback fitting it into a spot where you're falling and you're, you're saving yourself. You know, that makes your quarterback a little bit better. Yeah, yeah no. no. It, it, all around the rules and the fucking softness, it's it's getting ridiculous. Accidents are going to happen. 
And there's no need now, in my opinion, to do these makeup calls. So, but as we're recording the show this morning, Tom Brady gets fined eleven thousand dollars for his kick after getting like the roughing the passer call that changed the game this past weekend for the for the Falcons. We're gonna run through this so you guys can see the kick that Brady uh, cost Brady eleven k here. Yeah, no, he. So, I mean, he pretty much is just getting his legs flailed around. He like kicks up in a fit of rage, and he gets fined eleven thousand dollars. It's the it's one of many makeup calls that the NFL is fucking trying to do here because they feel bad because they understand that the roughing the passer of the call that was made on Sunday was bullshit. I, I just can't believe these play you know, play like this or the roughing the passer stuff. That should be a reviewable call. Just like anything else, because it's it doesn't impact the flow of the game. Mm-mm. You know, it's not like an interception or fumble that gets you know called dead That's too early. That's fifteen yards. Like it's a fucking. Yeah. It's a huge. Like people, you need to understand the importance of five yards in the fucking league. Fifteen is a game. That's, I mean, it's a field goal. Yeah, that, I mean, and that's not how you want games decided. No, you know? and I mean this kind of kick right here. I don't even see him necessarily kick the guy. No. It's not like I just get off me type of thing, but. $11,000 for that? I mean, that's ridiculous. No, and they, they're just trying to, sh- like you said earlier, prove that, you know, Brady's not, like, untouchable. You know, he can he can also get in trouble, too. But beyond that, and the NFL being soft, there has been a lot of talk lately about, like, the Rooney rule and black head coaches in the league and how there's a lack of black head coaches in the league. And it came to a boiling point yesterday with Todd Bowles, but... I wanted to play this video that I found. It came out two weeks ago, and it's like a compilation of black head coaches. Are we gonna? We'll play the Todd Bowles video first. First time uh, seeing you. This. You and Mike Tomlin are two of the few black head coaches in the league. I wonder what your relationship is like with them, and your thoughts on Steve Wilkes joining that fold. I have a very good relationship with Tomlin. Uh, we don't look at what color we are when we coach against each other. We just know each other. I have a lot of. Very good white friends that coach in this league as well, and I don't think it's a big deal as far as us being coaching Thanks. against each other. I think it's normal. Wilkes got an opportunity to do a good job. Hopefully, he does it, and we coach ball. We Wait don't for this part. Color. This is even better. But you also understand that representation matters too, right? And that when young aspiring coaches or even football players they see you guys, <laughs> you know, they see someone that looks like them, maybe grew up like them, that has to. Be- well, when you say you see you guys and look like them and grow up like them, it means that we're eyeballs to begin with. And I think the minute you guys start stop making a big deal about it, everybody else will. So, yeah. I love Todd Bowles for this. A hundred percent, man. A hundred percent. Todd Bowles is the only coach, too. We're going to play this second video here where he kind of highlights that same exact principle. And it, this video is unique because there's that same mentality that it's a tough spot to fucking fill one of 32 jobs in a league. However, you know, if you are, you know, starting to get these extra opportunities, these handouts, these participation trophies, it fucking waters you down. Yeah. And and not saying it hasn't been tough, but listen to the guys that have coached in the league themselves talk about it. You have the responsibility to do this the right way. Because there's many people who were career-long NFL assistants who never got that opportunity. I think we got to do a better job with ourselves to put ourselves in better position to make guys like Tony proud, to make guys like Herm proud. There's only 32 jobs in this league. So whether you get a second chance or not, you're lucky no matter what color you are. 
I do think the words genius, guru, quarterback whisper are all phrases that they use to describe non-African-American coaches. It's as if we don't have the same IQ, uh, intelligence level as, as some of our other brothers. You can go out and catch the ball, you can throw the ball, but can you, can you lead? I think that if owners would give black coaches more opportunities, not say that you have to keep a guy for eight years or 10 years, but you would if he won. You're a minority coach, you gotta win. It seems like when you have diversity, well, you've taken responsibility and this topic is not a topic, but when you don't have it, it's a topic. All right, the Washington Post kind of crushed it there. Um, but the whole opportunities thing, right? It, now they're given opportunities in every single organization to have an interview, but it's a, it's a sensationalized type thing because of what happened fucking this, this huge uproar, I would say it started right around, right after Kaepernick, and then it slowly faded into what started in 2020 with the whole Black Lives Matter thing. It is one of the quickest ways to generate a headline at oh, this moment in time. And Especially the lawsuits and things like that now going on and, you know, Brian Flores and all these other coaches that have jumped on. Um, it's, a hot, it's a hot topic for sure. And I am one to have always thought that it just like uh, Todd Bowles said, it's just a tough fucking league to coach in. And Marvin Lewis, who is the Bengals coach, also said that you have to go through the process and I think what you have seen is you see a lot more African-American or minority coaches in assistant coaching roles that will inevitably lead to it. And I think it's going to be laughable when in 15, 20 years, the numbers starting to fucking balance out and it's almost half and half. Well, I, you know, I, I, I take a perfect example of, you know, Brian Flores again, you know, he, he was mad he didn't get the Giants job because Bill Belichick accidentally texted him and said, hey, right. congrats, you know, it was the wrong Brian. <laughs> Look at the Giants right now. I Fact. mean, so... Black, white, green, I don't care what color you are. It, it turns out that Brian Dow, at least for the time being, was the right... I mean, the Giants are playing way better. He is motivating them. And that's not to say black... I don't care who my coach is. I want to. If I'm an owner of an NFL team, I want a winner. Mm -hmm. and, the, and the truth is, a lot of these African-American coaches, just like a lot of white coaches the last couple of years, they're not winning. Mm -hmm. I mean, you, you, you look Hugh at Robert... Jackson. Hugh Jackson. Ron Rivera is a Ron, perfect... Ron Rivera, well-respected coach. I loved him when he was at Carolina. He's not working with talent. He probably works for one of the shittiest owners in the NFL also. So he's not getting necessarily exactly what he needs. But I don't look at Ron Rivera because of his race and go, he's not coaching well. Right. He's just an NFL coach. Right. And they're going to have to fire him at the end of the year probably. Even though if I had Carson Wentz as my quarterback, I would have probably walked out of the office to begin with. You know. Now he So that's funny you said that yesterday because we're reporting on this after the Thursday night game. He like really defended Carson Wentz in his post-game presser last night saying like, I watched the fucking tape and I wanted like he no no seriously you got to check this out he kind of fucking he went off by saying like you know he's my guy cuz he threw for 99 fucking yards he's yesterday he's so bad and he looks horrific <laughs> 99 in, um, yards a fucking maroon uniform he looks like a doofus I am a Carson Wentz hater this year I don't mind watching the games, though, because of how sporadic of a fucking quarterback he is. <laughs> he's just, he's so inconsistent, it's fun. Um, similar to Derek Carr. Uh, but regardless, let's go. Let's just go back to you guys get Brian Dable 
at the Giants. I'm from New York City, so you know I, I love. I, I think we've had some weak coaches. I hated the Joe Judge hiring. Right. Guy was a special teams coordinator, never shown as a leader of real men. You know, and we all know that the Bill Belichick coaching tree has not been particularly successful. No. Um. You know, I thought McDaniel's would be you know better out here, and I think he will be. I think he's you know in his first year with the team. But I mean, Dable. I mean, the Giants are just playing. I think I think they're outplaying their coverage. I guess you could say at this point. Oh, I mean, most definitely. And I I think you guys are finally playing defense, which the Giants haven't fucking really done. They haven't had pl- they haven't had the you know the players for it. I mean, since the you know the highlights of the mid two thousands, you know, with Michael Strahan and Jesse Armstead and all these guys, uh, JPP and all them. Right. It's been a long time since the Giants. And the problem is, too, is the Giants have had an offense since Eli left, or actually even since the last couple of years of Eli. So right. the defense is on the field way longer. So he, it makes them look even worse. Correct, because right? you can only defend for so long before you're going to get holes mm-hmm. punched in your D. Um, what, what impresses me about the Giants right now is Daniel Jones, who I, I'm not sold on him either as a franchise quarterback. I just picked him up in fantasy this week. I hope he does well against I the, think he's going to be a game Ravens. manager. I don't think he's, he's not going to throw for 400 yards a game, but he's doing it without a real receiving core either. Yeah, I mean Saquon Barkley's having you know probably he's going to be one or two in the comeback player of the year mm-hmm. between him and Geno Smith. Uh, um, well, that dude got fucking shot, and he oh well, he, Brian Robinson, Brian Robinson. <laughs> that's the legit comeback play of the year. <laughs> of the year. <laughs> like, yeah, and he scored the only touchdown yesterday. A plus, he was plus seven fifty to score the first touchdown of the game, and For, he scored the oh, only wow. one. Holy, I shit. didn't bet it, but plus seven fifty. If you'd put a thousand Great on odds. that, um. <laughs> Oh, a thousand. All it was right. plus seven. I mean, hey, go big or go home. Right, but, uh, that's a nice little unit. The Giants are playing without a stud receiver. Um, I don't think OBJ is not. I don't, he's not going back to New York. It, I don't know what he's doing. He's just in limbo right now. He's I think in he ends up in limbo. I think he ends up in Buffalo or LA. If the Saints get better, I think he can go to the Saints. You th- I, now, I know you're. I know you're on the Saints bandwagon. I, yes. I know you're a big Saints guy. You th- and listen, the, the NFC. I think anybody in the NFC could make it to the. Uh, Super Bowl this year. I don't think any team is so dominant that in a one that's game standing out that no, nobody were going. Oh, they're Buffalo. They're a Kansas City. Right. Um, so I think New Orleans who knows, could go to the Super Bowl. We have the Red Rocket now. I don't want Jameis <laughs> to come back in. We have the Red Rocket. He's fucking sticking out, man. He's he's a game manager, but with uh, the lack of running ability, which I hate having. In a, in a quarterback, Jameis provides that. But even in the games that Jameis was playing earlier on this year, he wasn't using his fucking legs. No, I he mean, was, he was like, definitely staying in the pocket. Uh, dude, fucking escape. But that's a lot of quarterbacks I've noticed. Derek Carr, I was at the game a couple weeks ago, and you know I had I was in the, sitting in the, the 200 section, so you're watching the field, and he's sitting in the back there and going, run for the 15 yards. It's, and he's you, sitting there, sitting there. Take off. It's worse when you see it in person because when you see it in person, you can really see the way the field opens up. And sometimes, like, the quarterbacks are so just – there's a difference between having pocket presence and having field presence. Because pocket presence, you can feel comfortable, which not saying, like, there was probably moments in time at those snaps where he feels comfortable, but it's like, bro, get your fucking eyes off Devontae Adams. And and, take the 10 yards. And fucking go. Yeah. And it happens, and that's why I love Kyler Murray. I love Lamar Jackson. Daniel Jones, I would say, even has a little bit of yep. because Daniel Jones, I feel, isn't like doesn't have a confident arm. I I don't think he's got a huge arm. You know, I, I know people say coming out, oh, he's got some, you know, and and maybe the problem is he doesn't have a deep threat to really 
have confidence in throwing the, the ball. Yeah. You know, when you're throwing a Devontae and it's a jump ball, you feel pretty good he's going to have a shot at it. Right. There's no one on the Giants where you're going, all right, we're going to go for the 30-yard pass right now. Like Miami, where Tua has Waddle underneath and he's got Tyreek Hill. Deep. And all, you just throw the ball up and, yeah, 50-50, he'll probably come down with it. Right? If not, it's like a punt. That's, right? We're just flipping we field inse- We intercept it? Okay, no problem. We threw 50 yards downfield. Fuck it. Okay, no problem. It was 3rd and, and 12 anyway. What? Punter's like, damn, man, I wish I could kick that well. Shit. Uh, you guys play th- what I think is going to be a Super Bowl team this upcoming week in the, in the Baltimore Ravens. I am a huge Ravens fan. You guys are five and a half point. Five and a half, minus five and a half as of the It started at six, I think, and it's it's moved its way down. Do you think that line moves any lower? You know, there are going to be people that at the last minute, you know, because the Giants have been putting up quite a fight. And that line, I think that line should be more four, four and a half. I think, it's, I think it should come down a little bit. I think the Giants, I think they're outplaying their coverage, as I said before. But they are putting up fights. Mm-hmm. And Baltimore has shown themselves to be very up and down this year. Yeah. You know, they got into that shootout with Miami where they looked unstoppable. They lost, but they, were, they yeah. put up 40-something points or 39 points, whatever it was. The, this is the kind of game where the Giants could eke out a 24-23 kind of victory. It would be interesting to see you guys take down this AFC fucking beast because as of this season, I don't think you guys have been tested truly by any sort of teams. But I looked at your schedule, and you guys kind of have a lollipop-ass, candy-ass middle of the season coming up here. So if you guys can take care of business here— Go three and one in the next four weeks and, you know. Do you think the Giants are going to make the playoffs this year? I do, actually. I think they're going to be a wild card team. Um, you know, I think uh, when it comes time to play Dallas and, and stuff like that, I think they're going to, I think those are the games they're going to win. I feel like they'll split the Eagles games, you know. Um, so I, I think they're going to eat, because no, like I said, nobody else really is dominating the NFC right now. Right. You know, I love, I, I love them heads up, uh, you know, money line on uh, Green Bay last, last week. Green Bay is just not the same team. Mm-mm. I can't believe Rodgers resigned there with no, receiving core whatsoever no I, he's he's on like a fucking prove it tour and that what is he's he not pro- proving it no nothing no and it, aj Dillon can't do everything no. aaron jones is can't can only bail you out so many times on little dump offs it's amazing what a team without receivers like really has to do offensively because well, it's a different nfl now mm-hmm. this, this isn't a 25 carry ground and pound game you have to have receive. You have to have an underneath receiver. You got to have the dual threat because you're getting double covered. Guys go high on the coverage. You got to have guys that are you know know how to run routes underneath. Um, and I think Rogers learning the hard way that you know. And he knew yeah. it. Though. I have no sympathy for him because he knew what he was getting into this Fuck year. Fuck yeah, he did. He should have got out. He 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 went on that whole force his way out of town bullshit, and then he didn't execute at the end. I mean, he would have been a, D- Denver. You know, I mean, you see what happened there. Yeah, Rogers, I think would be doing phenomenal in Denver. I think Russell Wilson is quite possibly in the bottom four quarterbacks in the league right now. I was now. at my gym four weeks ago, and I was talking to my trainer, and actually a guy that trains another former NFL quarterback um, you know, was, was in there with us. And uh, you know, I said something offhanded about you know, Russell Wilson. I wouldn't even put him in my top 15. And my trainer, who is a former Seattle, you know, Seattle fan, and the— the other guy who's the, the quarterback trainer. What are you talking about? He's a top five. I said, I would take 15 guys over Russ Wilson. Russ Wilson 
is not worth 240 million, 120, 124 <laughs> guaranteed. Hell no. Uh, that's Walmart money. That's great. Yes. But I knew that was going to be a disaster from the beginning. No, he, he's going to. And listen, I, I don't think he's as bad as he's playing right now. I think he's in a new system. I think yeah. he's stuck with a coach who has no, I mean, he's fucking the coach clueless. had to hire somebody to tell him what to do on the sideline. You saw that, let's, right? Let's, yeah, no, let's, <laughs> let's discuss this. So they hired a, a babysitter for their, their coach. They hired a timeout specialist. specialist. A timeout specialist. Getting paid to go. That's hey, it. Wait, hey, how much does this pay? Can I, can I coach. do this? Like, I, they brought a guy I played flag hiring. football. Dude, dude, he what the what the timeout specialist is doing? He's got like three monitors in front of him. He's got he's got the game clock. He's got the actual game playing on one thing, and then he's got his fucking spreadsheet on that bottom monitor. And he's just waiting for the perfect time. He hits a buzzer, and it fucking like it vibrates. It vibrates like the cheating scandal in the the live poker <laughs> yeah. stream. Yeah, like your fucking tables ready yeah. at BJ's. It fucking starts. So I, I think timeout. I think Russell Stupid Wilson is getting screwed by Nathaniel Hackett's inexperience, you know. Yeah. I mean, and I think it's tough for any coach to call plays and be a head coach nowadays. Like I know that they're hired on their offensive skill. They want to call the plays. There's a lot of shit going on in a fucking game. So much. To be able to be coming up with what's what's happening next. The down and yardage, what play we need, who's in for the game, how many points. Uh, you know what I wanted to talk about though was the uh last week um I think it was the Monday night game. What game was it? The game that ended at well, one point. Oh, the Raiders game. Raiders game. Mm -hmm. Going. I get you're on the road. Yes. Okay. Now, I am a big proponent, and people think I'm nuts. I'm a big proponent that if you're on the road or at home, and you score in the last minute of a game, and you're down by one, you go for two. That's right. my – because I don't care what about – you may not get the ball back. If you can't get in from two yards out, you don't deserve the fucking win. You said a key thing there, though. With a minute. With a minute left. Four and a half minutes or four minutes left. Josh McDowell, what the fuck are you doing? It's it's Because even if, you, even if you get it, okay, Pat Mahomes can cover that ground in two minutes and get into field goal range. Now, if you were trying to get out of field goal range, you know, and go four mm -hmm. instead of three, Different. okay, I can at least see the argument. But there was no reason... To go for two there. And I love being aggressive. I love going for on fourth and one, fourth and two. Right. But going for two for the, like Dable, you know, in the beginning of the year, yes. Giants, goes for it, fucking wins. That sets the tone for the whole season. Right. Four minutes left in a game against it's Kansas City. That. It's not that tone. To, yeah, because that's like that pressure you feel, right? Where you're on the precipice of fucking up and giving away a really big win. And you're trying to save your ass and what the Raider fans think of you. No, the Raider fans don't like you, Mike McDaniels. Or fucking Josh McDaniels. Josh McDaniels. Not that little dweeby motherfucker. <laughs> Josh McDaniels, you have to fucking show some other sort of energy other than that sort of play call. You look at Josh McDaniels, and it, it, there's some sort of vibe that I get from him that he's just, like, bigger than the moment, right? Like, where it's just... He's been and he's seen all the Super Bowls and he doesn't need to prove himself to anybody. But, like, you look at Dable and he's fucking coming off a fucking bender in Amsterdam the night before. <laughs> and he's fired up to play football. I don't feel that way with Josh McDaniels. Josh McDaniels feels like a corporate executive coaching a football team. <laughs> Dable seems like the guy that got drunk at your family party last night and yes. tried to fight everyone at the party. Yes. But, you know, it works in New York. McDaniel's in in Las Vegas, which you know you're still bringing in all your California, you know your California fans. The guy's just fucking boring. 
And he is. The whole Patriot way. Listen, you're seeing you're seeing it happen with the Patriots now. I think Belichick is a great coach. Fine. He was a lot better coach because of Tom Brady. True. Okay. And, and listen, he's starting over and this and that. But this whole, like, we don't talk, that you know, no emotion. Fucking show some... Dable is... Because what this is doing for him is when tough times do come, he's going to have all this credit he built up mm-hmm. from fans. Because mm-hmm. New York, you know, New York is a fickle. Right. We love you in the moment. We'll boo you. I mean, I, I remember going to Yankee games as a kid. We'd boo the Yankees one inning and the next inning... We're it was, you know, or Jets get, well, Jets, as my uncle's a dire Jets fan. And <laughs> those were, you know, that was a lesson in uh, patience, you know, dealing with yeah. those kind of games. But New York fans love that energy. And, you know, even John Gruden, guy was fucking nuts, Chucky. Yes. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah I, I don't think was... he was the right coach for the modern day NFL. Um, and I, the, the sad part about McDaniel is I think he's got the right offense. The guy can open it up. Derek Carr, I think, is a better quarterback then he gets a lot of credit for. Mm-hmm. Guys, top six in fourth quarter comebacks, um, 300-yard games. A lot of that is trying to play catch-up. But right. I think they'll get there. But his personality is going to run out, run him out of town before his play calls. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. Lose the fucking visor, bro. Like, let's see the main. Like, <laughs> This is a city a that headband. thrives on being bigger Image. than the moment. Yeah. Image, right? Be Image. out there on the strip. Go have dinner. Let us get, you know. I If your coach isn't a coach that could be on a fucking billboard and drawn fans, then that's the wrong fucking coach. Dable, you know, you posted on your podcast, you know, last with him coming off the stage. Let's go. Let's go. Yes. I picture him leaving that stadium, going right to a bar and going shots for the whole place. You know, like, <laughs> yes, I, I picture that. And that's the kind of energy you need for a team like this. The Raiders just, and, and I, I think part of the problem, and this pisses me off. I don't know if you notice it. Have you noticed at, at Raiders games that, Every game feels like almost a road game with the amount of inf- fans flying here, right. which is always going to be a problem, Vegas, right? Because if you're the Giants, yes. you're like, let's go see him play in Vegas this weekend. It's a great hub. But I went to you know the, the game a couple weeks ago, and it was all visiting, uh, you know, 65%. It felt like oh, the Broncos game. Mm-hmm. The, it's just a sea of orange. You know, so I think that plays into it, too. Like, Vegas hasn't really built up this this fan base, like Kansas City, where yes. it's impossible to get into the stadium if you're not a Chiefs fan, almost. Like, right. they don't put their tickets up for sale. Um, it's just a different energy, football in in Vegas. Yeah. No, you, so we're still in that buying-in phase, and this is, like, the shitty thing where I don't want this to happen to Vegas sports because, I, you know, I'm born and raised out here in Vegas. And what they've always said, aside from like, uh, oh, sports will never be here because of the gambling, but they always said sports will never be here because Vegas fans are very, very petty in the sense that if you're not good and you're not the main attraction of the night, there's hundreds of other it's shows. It's like a gambler. If you're not winning, we, you know, we're not, it's like at the craps table, right? If you're rolling, everyone wants you wants to be near you. Right. When you crap out, everyone's like, oh, this fucking guy again. Yep. You know. And it's and it's a legacy thing, right? So you see all those old casinos, they've gotten imploded and there's something new. I worry, right, if we don't have a legacy builder guy, and I thought John Gruden would be it, to really like drive home like this is what it is to be a Raider. It's kind of lost. The Golden Knights had us for a little bit, but if you are a losing team in Las Vegas and 10 years goes by, What's that what's that number start to look like? That's why visiting I think, fans taking over 80, 90%? That's why I think listen, I, I didn't think the Golden Knights would do well here and they do sell out most games. So hey, I yes. was wrong about that. Raider football, NFL, you're eight games, you gotta sell out. I don't think the athletics should come here. That's eighty one games of athletics baseball. <laughs> Forget baseball. 
81 games of watching. I'd rather go watch the Aviators. The talent <laughs> level's exactly the fucking same, and the tickets would be a lot cheaper. Facts. Yeah, I, I don't know oh what the obsession. I get NBA. I think NBA will do real well here. NBA, NBA will do real well on the strip. People here all weekend. It's a show. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. It's a big show. But 81 fucking games of nine-inning baseball. Mm-mm. Watching, you know, no, I'm sorry. I think that's people, the biggest thing. People money. are fucking in baseball stadiums now. Wait until you start getting the OnlyFans models out here in Vegas up in that fucking third deck. <laughs> With, start you making, know, advertising, making content. Yeah, and, we'll do little, little content shoots at the A's game in Vegas. Ugh, A's, uh, A's baseball, awful. So you had mentioned uh, that you had also played high school football and you've been to a lot of games in your life. Do you have any crazy fan interaction moments like where you saw like a fan fight or like. Oh, I've been involved in one, actually. Oh, <laughs> let's hear about this. This had shit. to be. Let's say I lived in Vegas four years now. So this is maybe six years ago. Uh, it was Giants versus uh, the 49ers. OK. And we were sitting in the end zone about eight rows up. And uh, actually, I had two stories. But the, this one. So this guy, this guy shows up. Guy's in his mid 20s, probably. And. uh He's got the old school 49ers varsity jacket on. He was just one of those one of those guys, you know. Yeah, one of those fools. One of those fools. Bro, we're for real, bro. We're for real, you know. And he was like, <laughs> he was like the guy from the opening kickoff, acting like they just won the Super Bowl, you know, like a third and seven play, they get two yards, and he's cheering, you know. And now me, I'm like, this is not going to end well because I know I'm going to get annoyed by this fucker and everyone else is. So that was the game. I think Eli. 49ers were winning most of the game, and e- and this guy was like, my shit's official, bro, because I, I think I was wearing, like, a knockoff, like, starter hat or something like that, like, because it was a hat. Like, who gives a shit? But he had, like, the real one, and he's like, bro, you see – and he's talking shit to me, like, bro, you see my shit? It's official. At least I got official shit. <laughs> da, 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 da. And the 49ers win the whole game, and I think Eli threw a touchdown with less than a minute left, and this guy just got shit on by the entire fucking section. People throwing beers at him. He went after somebody. He actually get, ended up getting escorted out with about thirty seconds left. Oh um, my god! Yeah, so that was a that was a great one. And then actually, just a couple weeks ago, the uh, Raiders season opener in Sandy in L.A., there was this guy who came in. He was blitz drunk. I mean, before he even sat down, and nice. every, you know everybody else. It was a small little section. It was you know mix of Raiders fans, mix of Chargers fans, and this motherfucker like from the kickoff yelling and screaming. It's like, bro, listen, I'm all for being a fan, but we here to watch the show. Right. Like, second, no show with the Raiders. No, it was more for the Chargers. I mean, I got Justin Hebert on my, uh, Herbert on my, Chargers uh, are the best team, team in the NFL. <laughs> best might? team, in, they're the best team in the NFL. As you long think as, so? Yeah, as long as you're, you're in this room He's right now. He's a fucking Charger fan. Don't listen to his shit. You stay over there. Fuck out of here. They're another team that yeah, I think they're, they're going to be that, that team that consistently goes like, you know, 10 and whatever it is, but just never gets there. I love Herbert. I just don't think they're ever going to climb that hump, the Chargers. But, yeah, fan, I mean, New York fans are fucking nuts. Yeah, I was going to say, if you've uh, ever seen at MetLife, like, any really weird tailgate rituals, like, do people... It's a, it's a religion there. And that's what I hate about Raiders games. Uh, the pregame is non-existent, you know, in terms of tailgating. New York City, we got full restaurants fucking set up. You got guys bringing in the barbecue truck and the right. grilling truck. There's flag football games out there. Yeah, there's fans arguing over who's a better fan. I've been a. F- That's why I love New York fans. They always go by how long they've been suffering. <laughs> you yeah, know, I haven't seen them win in twenty years. I was like, 
you know, it's like, well, then the Jets fans win because that's just awful to watch. You know? Right, right. Um, the Giants have at least given you a couple of Super Bowls over the years. Yeah, but, you know, uh, you get that Eli Manning love every once in a while. It, it was sprinkled into your childhood. Cowboys fans and Jets fans are the two best because every year, every year, this is our year. Yeah. Doesn't matter. Did Zach- you improve your team? No, but this is our no. every. <laughs> you guys re-sign Ezekiel Elliott? Yeah, no. Yeah, we got a first down Super Bowl. That's it. That's, oh, Dak is the best. Dak is the best because they, they always win the first two games or whatever. Yeah, da- that's it. This is Dak Prescott's. No, it's not. Bro. It's like it's a fucking primetime game, and it, it yeah, it always woos people. It's amazing how many diehard fans are out there in the NFL that dress up to these games too. These fucking I'm not fans about in, that. The, in the yeah no uh, no no the the spiked shoulder pads and the face paint and your fucking your kid your wife the the ones that it, it's bad it's like when they fucking drag their wife in the <laughs> fucking and their wife is actually just dressed in regular street clothes she hates it you know and she's just like oh, god damn it I have to sit she's next like to I told it. you only wear the costumes at home not. not- <laughs> Not no. in public. What do you do for role play if at a Raiders game you're dressed up as the a Legion fuck- of Doom? <laughs> Remember those guys? <laughs> Fucking Spike thing. Literally, man. Oh. Um, but anyways, Alex, it's been a pleasure, man. Shout out your socials really quick and then Alessandro 426, the uh good old Italian uh long version of it, but they call me Alex. But yeah, I'm j- you know, I'm just trying to I want to experience what it's like to be on a podcast. So this is I great. I mean, I love it, talking football. I appreciate the opportunity. Yeah, no, I think um, this went uh, this went just the way I predicted. I'm going to get some nice clips for you and sounds show good. You I'm going to repost them tomorrow. We'll get you a couple more followers, and uh, you know, hopefully, we'll revisit and see if uh, what we've been talking about today actually came true. I really do hope the Giants make it to the playoffs. I would. Uh, That's a nice story. I it's. It's like the Giants and the Cowboys this year are slowly growing on me, but I fucking hate the Eagles for some reason. I, I, my buddy Mike is uh, – actually, I have one quick question for you. Yes. Fantasy football. Go trade. Ahead. Okay. My buddy's going to get pissed at me for this. Team one is trade offering to trade Waddle, okay. Jamal Williams, okay. le- league-rushing uh, TD uh, leader right now, right. and 49ers defense for Curtis Godwin or Chris Godwin and Jaguars defense. Bullshit no. trade, collusion, or what? Oh, way bullshit. Thank trade. you. Are you fucking? I got me? so much shit because it was a commissioner's trade, and I made a stink in the group chat about this can't be allowed to go through. No, no and no. the argument, I was just like, no, there's no way you're giving me top three because in our league, defenses score more points than quarterbacks. They get got points you. for everything. It's like, oh, they came on the field. Point, point, point. <laughs> um, but I've been taking so much shit. I'm going. And my buddy's like, well, the 49ers play the Chiefs in two weeks. I'm like, yeah, what about the rest of the fucking season? <laughs> Literally, But I'm bro. glad someone agrees with me that there's no way that there trade. There's no way. And I love Jalen Waddle. And I need a clip of this particular thing because I'm sending it right to the fucking group <laughs> chat tomorrow. Fucking vetoed, motherfucker. It was. What a shitty trade. It was. It, it got rescinded. <laughs> Perfect. That's I got it. what I wanted. There we go. There we go. Great time, though. All righty, Gridiron Junkies fans. This has been another wonderful episode. I will be back here on Monday to recap everything that happened this weekend. Sadly, I have a wedding, so I don't have that Wednesday night recap Sadly, show. Sadly, people are getting married. Uh, sad, well, because I usually do a recap show Sunday uh, night, and that's like it fucking fucks with the the flow and the how vibe. How dare they get married, those fucking people. I Unreal. swear to God, right? Uh, but regardless, I will be back. We will be talking with more people. I got Madison... Clavon probably coming on the studio soon. I got Joe Fransone. You can run it. 
fucking. I accidentally pressed it. My bad. Wow, it's, like the, it's like the Oscars. You get, yeah. you, you're, getting played, you're getting played off right now in your own it's show. It's over. It's over. No, no, I'm done. I'm getting played off later. See ya.